0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor and author, Dr. Michael Youssef.
1: At the end of each year, you should be able to look up to heaven and say, bless God, for He has been with me. He's been changing me. He's been teaching me. He's been leading me. He has been
0: growing me up. Many who dive into fitness put running or walking on their exercise routine, measuring progress by counting steps or even kilometres in a day or a week. Keeping moving helps them not only meet steps or kilometre goals, but also makes progress in overall health. Like fitness goals, as you progress through the steps of your spiritual life, you should see fruit, like you see when consistent in exercise. Today, Dr. Yusuf takes you to Galatians chapter 5 for a look at the fruit of the spirit. Listen with me as he begins. Back in 1979
1: our small family moved from sunny California to Atlanta, Georgia. Four weeks later, Atlanta was hit by one, in fact, was the worst ice storm that they ever kept on record until that point. We had just moved into a nice temporary house, which we were living with three little children, and there we are in this house in the middle of an ice storm, couldn't get in or out, a complete and massive power outage. We're still strangers in a strange city. We knew very, very few people. And during that time, we found ourselves camped inside this nice house without power or the ability to cook. No radio or television to find out what's going on. And so we huddled in that cold and dark house without coats and blankets and everything else that we can find Helpless, totally helpless, and isolated. A few days later, the Lord began to teach me some very important lessons, and obviously I haven't forgotten all these years, and that's why I'm talking about it today. A lesson regarding the spiritual condition of many a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who are living their Christian life with a spiritual power outage. A lesson about how professing Christians seldom exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And why? Oh, to be sure, there are lots of gifts and lots of talents, lots of talk, (laughs) but very little fruit. And the reason we do not exhibit the fruit of the Spirit is because we often rely on our own power in the Christian walk. We rely on the strength of our own efforts, of what we can accomplish or what we can do, or even the forcefulness of some personalities. Spiritually speaking, when the power of the Holy Spirit is not operating in the life of a believer, spiritually speaking, they may be living in a nice house. All the appearances look great, but they internally are huddled in a cold and dark place without spiritual electricity. And most often what causes power failure, at least I know that experientially in my life, is those moments when I place something or someone or even self on the throne of my heart. Whenever Jesus is not enthroned on the heart and the soul and the life, always, always, never fails, causes a power failure. Does it all the time. Every time. And that's what Paul is saying here in Galatians 5, 15 to 26. Listen, I've seen some of the most gifted people drop like a fly. And I know you've seen it too. But why? Oh, they get to the point when they begin to rely on their giftedness instead of the giver of the gift. They get to the point of trusting in themselves instead of the one who can raise the dead. they leaning on their own ability instead of the continuous empowerment of Him who can do all things through us. And so I have a question. How do you know if you are experiencing a power failure? How do you know that? Paul said, if you're walking in the Spirit... You are not gratifying the desires of the flesh. That's a literal translation. But if you are gratifying the desires of the flesh, you are not walking in the spirit. It works both ways. You see, the two cannot exist, coexist together. They cannot, because the desires of the flesh and the spirit are constantly warring against each other. That's a problem with many Christians. They don't like war. They just don't like to think that the spiritual life is a war. So they ignore the reality of the spirit warring against the flesh. they like oil and water. They cannot mix. They cannot live together. Most people, when they hear the word desires of the flesh, immediately they think of sexual sins. That too, but that's not all. In fact, listen to the list of those desires of the flesh. Idolatry, placing anyone or anybody, anything on the throne of your heart, not the Lord sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, irreverence, dissension, division, envy. And so when you hear the desires of the flesh, you understand it's a lot more than just sexual sins. And Paul is saying here that when the Holy Spirit of God is in his rightful place, (laughs) when the Holy Spirit's power is plugged in, when the house is wired correctly, then the desires of the flesh will become mute. It's going to be suspended. (laughs) Remember again, it is not a matter of trying harder. It's a matter of having Christ formed in you. (laughs) Probably some of you are asking the question, How can I live up to my royal priesthood? How can I live up to that? How can I get plugged in all the time, day in and day out, moment by moment, and not lose power? Here's what I've got to tell you. First of all, you must come to the conclusion, and you live in that conclusion, that you cannot trust in your own efforts. You cannot trust in your own efforts. If you insist (laughs) that you can do it, (laughs) you will always experience power failure. This is a testifying and also the authority of the Word of God. But I'm testifying to you. There are two things that will always trip you. One is pride. The other one is ignorance. Sometimes both. (laughs) So I want you to look at verse 16 of Galatians 5. So I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Another translation says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. A grammar lesson. Verse 16 is in the present tense, in the imperative mood. (laughs) Now, this is very important. This is a big deal. (laughs) What does that mean? It means that this walking is not a once-for-all deal. It is not you walk down the aisle, and you get zapped, and you got it, and now you can move on. No, 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 no. no. The reason it is in the present imperative is because it is a continuous action. It is keeping on walking with the Spirit and in the Spirit. It is as constant as breathing. And I don't know anybody who says, I breathed yesterday, I'm not going to breathe today. It is only when you are continuously doing this will you not fall prey to the desires of the flesh. Here's something very important you must understand. The reason he used the word walk, because it implies progression. You're moving. You're not sitting on your blessed assurance. You're moving. You're walking. But he says walking implies that you are moving forward. Uh, walking means that you are growing day by day. You may not be able to assess your growth day by day, but certainly you should be able to assess your growth year by year. At the end of each year, you should be able to look up to heaven and say, bless God, for He has been with me. He's been changing me. He's been teaching me. He's been leading me. He has been growing me up. You should be at least able to do that. And you're able to say, I thank the Lord that I am not this year what I was last year. What makes the difference is that continuous moving forward by and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Which brings me to the central theme of this passage, namely the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, it's the fruit in the singular. A lot of people confuse that and say the fruits of the Spirit. It is the fruit in the singular. And I'm going to tell you why that's a big deal in a minute. So, what evidence? What evidence can you present to the court of your life? Don't forget about everybody else. That you got the court in your heart, in your life, and you're going to present some evidence to the court of your life. You're going to present evidence that you are growing in the spirit, that you are exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. Are you more loving? More peaceful? More joyful? That's the evidence. The fruit of the Spirit. How do I acquire the fruit of the Spirit? By yielding more and more and more of my life to the control of the Holy Spirit. We've been seeing this throughout the series of messages. Yielding to the Holy Spirit, beloved, listen to me, is a decision of the will. And then God does the rest. You cannot just sit in your blessed assurance and say, oh, fill me, Holy Spirit. ain't going to happen in a million years. Lots of people make that mistake. If that is possible, why would the Apostle Paul make it in a command form? It's in the imperative mood. It's a command. You see, the use of grammar is very important in the Greek New Testament. <laughs> he is saying, as an order, as somebody commanding somebody who is at a lower rank, and he says, Walk. And what's the response? Yes, sir. That's what he's anticipating here. You see, walking is an action. It's a movement, it's a forward motion. Not sitting on the sidelines, not straddling the fence, not being indifferent, not going to church ten minutes late and leaving 10 minutes early. I said, I did my thing. No, 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 no. Walking must be making progress. But not only making progress, not only it's an action, but also it's a fight. That's what he said. It's a fight, it's a warfare. Verse 17. There's a war. The spirit and the flesh are at war with each other. Let me tell you something. Those who minimize that pay the price. Spirit is fighting with the flesh. In any war, there are only victors and victims. In any war, there are winners and losers. In any war, there's the quick and the dead. But here's the good news. Listen carefully. Here's the good news. I don't want you to get discouraged. Here's the good news. When you are walking in the Spirit, you are assured of victory. The spiritual warfare in the Christian life is the only warfare I know that you can be assured of victory ahead of time. You see, when you are led by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, you cannot lose. But... If you try to live the Christian life based on your own effort, I've got to give it my best shot. I've got to, I mean, after all, we trained in school. We're the captains of our own ship and the masters of our lives and all that stuff. Let me tell you something. Put that out of your mind when it comes to the Christian life. If you're totally reliant on your own ingenuity, if you look at your own accomplishments and say, look what I've done and I can do this other thing, if you're relying on your own wisdom, Satan is not only going to eat your lunch, he's going to eat your dinner too.
0: Thanks for listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Are you a new listener? If so, we'd encourage you to learn more about Dr. Yusuf and the impact of this international ministry visit the website, ltw.org. That's ltw.org. Now, back to Dr. Yusuf as he finishes up today's episode from his Got Freedom audio series.
1: If you're totally reliant on your own ingenuity, if you look at your own accomplishment and say, look what I've done and I can do this other thing, if you're relying on your own wisdom, Satan is not only going to eat your lunch, he's going to eat your dinner too. (laughs) The question is, does every Christian who is born of the Spirit yields to the Spirit? And the answer is, some do and some don't. Some either, because of pride or ignorance as we saw, do not yield to the control of the Holy Spirit. They think they can hack it themselves. And as a result, their lives are constantly in turmoil, internal war going on inside, and in shambles. As a matter of fact, the New Testament tells us about two groups of Christians, two churches represented. The Corinthians, those who lived in Corinth, and those who lived in Galatia. The believers in Corinth and the believers in Galatians. The Galatians were in a mess because of pride. The Corinthians were in equal mess because of ignorance. The Corinthians were so ignorant of the importance of the unity of the spirit in the body that they opened the door for Satan to come in and wreak havoc among them. Beloved, division always comes, always Watch it in your home, watch it in any relationship. When somebody believes half-truth, because by nature we are partisans and divisive and and therefore we listen to one side or one half-truth and then we run with it and a division takes place. The Galatians, on the other hand, they're out of pride. They were trying to earn their salvation by performance and they're messed up too. Now here's something very important I don't want you to miss. We as human beings want or tend to believe doctrine that is based on human experience or feelings or both. We do. Instead of putting our trust in the objective truth of the Word of God we say I just feel that way. (laughs) My experience tells me And they argue and they will fight based on experience or based on feelings or strong opinion. Read my lips. The heck with experience and feelings if they're not consistent with the Word of God. Our experience and feelings may be good or may be bad. But our victory does not come from our experience. Our victory is not based on our feelings. Our victory comes from yielding everything to the Holy Spirit of God. Every inch of it. Only when Christ is formed in you, when He's formed in me, only when we seek to please Him above pleasing the self or pleasing others, only when we do what He said to do, not what we think we should do or how we feel we should do. Only when we obey and not insist in our own way. Only then do we know that the flesh is being starved and weakened and the spirit is producing the fruit. Don't miss the contrast between the works in the plural of the flesh. And the fruit, in the singular, of the Spirit. It's very important. It's far more important than you realize. The works of the flesh are many. Why? Because they divide your mind. They divide your heart. They scatter your mind. They scatter you in, in ten different directions, with even more different directions. They divide your heart and cause you consternation. Uh, they scatter your life and, and put it in shambles and in turmoil. They cause you continuous tension in life. They steal your peace and your joy. They rob you of contentment. They scatter you in a thousand different ways, all at the same time. Ah, but the fruit in the singular of the Spirit. Verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is, although He gives us nine traits, but it's a cluster of fruit. One fruit. Character quality with kaleidoscope. Why is it in the singular? Because the fruit of the Spirit unite your heart, unite your mind. You're not your spirit. You're not your all together integrate you. This love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they go together. In fact, if you look closely at this cluster of fruit, look at it carefully. And if you look at it closely, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see Jesus. going to see Jesus. For he is the one who's always, always, always loving, joyful, peaceful, long-suffering, patient, kind, good, faithful, meek, and self-controlled. And when you yield to his spirit, don't ever forget that the Holy Spirit is Jesus' spirit. And when you yield to his spirit, he's going to make you in the likeness of Jesus. But then Paul concludes the chapter by saying, That just as Jesus was crucified on that cross, every one of us must crucify the desires of the flesh. And this crucifixion is a continuous. It takes place one day, but then you keep on doing it. In fact, three things. Very quickly, I want to tell you about crucifixions. Very, very important. Three things you must know. Crucifixion is done without any pity on the one being crucified. And you should not feel sorry or sympathetic when you crucify the works of the flesh. Secondly, crucifixion is very painful. It is very painful. And I know I'm talking to a postmodern culture where we want everything for nothing. Nothing. And yet the crucifying of the flesh is painful. But let me tell you this. The pain cannot be compared with the joy and the peace that comes from crucifying the works of the flesh. The third thing I want to tell you is crucifixion is decisive. You must leave the flesh crucified. Don't take them out. Leave them there. Don't pick them out. Leave them on the cross. Until the day in the by and by, they will die. If you live by the Spirit, the works of the flesh eventually die. And the obvious thing is this after the crucifixion, there was a the resurrection. Amen. And every time you crucify the works of the flesh, you're going to experience resurrection in your life. Power like you've never experienced before. Joy and peace that nobody can understand except you and the Lord. Father, it is my plea, whether it be the speaker or the listeners, help us to live day by day. Every time we take a breath, we are crucifying the flesh and surrendering to the Holy Spirit. For it is His power that we need. His power that we long for. And His power is what the world want to see the difference in us. This plea I make for me and my friends. For Jesus' sake.
0: Resurrection follows crucifixion. A great reminder from Dr. Michael Yusuf on today's Leading the Way. Thanks for listening. For more than 30 years, Dr. Yusuf and the staff of Leading the Way have used the latest technologies, primarily media, to reach the world with the message of God's grace and mercy. It all began at a local church in the city of Atlanta, quickly growing into a national and then international radio, then ultimately television program. In fact, today, Dr. Yusuf can be heard in 27 languages across six continents on radio, TV and digital platforms. In fact, we recently received a very touching email from a man in Iran. Allow me to summarize. He tells us he only knows a few Christians in his area, and they cannot freely discuss their faith because of how Christians are persecuted for rejecting Islam. But he's very happy that he can listen to leading the way each night through technology and longs to read his own Bible. Our field teams have connected to minister further, strengthening his understanding of truth and deepening his walk of faith. Well, as you hear, through Leading the Way, lives are being changed. Here's how to get in touch with Leading the Way. one 133 589 That's one 133 589 You can also go online and experience testimonies of lives impacted. ltw.org ltw.org well that's just about it for today but you're invited back again next time when once again the word of God is opened and taught with passion on Leading the Way this program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world connect through television YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and all of the social media networks learn more at ltw.org